Well, the weather finally dipped this past week. Perhaps you pulled out your coats, maybe even hats, maybe felt a little tingle in the throat with the change, as, as I have. And on one particularly brisk evening this past week, I inhaled some of that outdoor air, and something about that crisp air took me back to some of the falls I used to know growing up in Ohio. In particular, I thought about the week of homecoming that would happen every fall. For my high school, that was about a lot of things, as I'm sure it was for yours, and sure it is for yours, but, but, but float building was central to the experience, right? Monday through Thursday night, all the people in my grade would head over to Edward Shelby's house. We did this freshman through senior year, and there in his backyard, alongside a host of adult volunteers, uh, we would build our class's homecoming float for that year that would be featured then in the Friday evening homecoming parade. And to this day, I can still feel the crinkle of thousands of little pieces of tissue paper as we stood alongside one another and, and pushed those into the, the holes and gaps and little dark spots of, of the chicken wire. Slowly but surely, this colorful float going up over the course of a week would signal homecoming itself was not far away. I can still smell the fire pit in the Shelby backyard where we would roast hot dogs and, and marshmallows off to the side while float building. I can still hear the, the fight song and the Friday night cheer at the football game, which was always an inevitable win because you know you book bad teams on homecoming weekend. <laughs> I can still see all those faces. You know, the ones who come back around, the alumni, all of my classmates that were always part of something during that week. What, what was your homecoming like? What is your homecoming like? Honestly, I, I can still feel it, smell it, taste it, hear it, see it. What if heaven were not too far off something like that? Here's what I mean. I think often in our society, even especially sometimes in a church, we can be prone to think of heaven as this otherworldly realm in the great beyond. Somewhere out there exists this golden glow of goodness far away, and by the grace of God, we shall live eternally in sort of this bright, weightless spot. It's ambiguous. And yet, the fundamental truth proclaimed in our passage from Revelation this morning is this. God's ultimate plan is to bring the fullness of heaven to this earth among all of God's people. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from, of, from God. Heaven comes down to earth so that on this earth there is a new heavens and a new earth, as verse 1 puts it. Not, a, not, not, not an escape into another realm or, or being a whisked away into sort of a different ether or something. Rather, the fullness of heaven covers, falls upon, makes new this earth. And all the things that we feel and smell and taste and hear and touch and see. Which begs the question quite quickly, well, what, what is heaven? 
There's a lot that could be said there, but, but I think our passage actually gives some significant answers as we see this heavenly city descending upon the earth. We read, the sea was no more. It's not that heaven's against water. It's that the sea in the ancient world represented the forces of chaos and evil. The forces of chaos and evil are no more in the heavenly reality. And I heard a loud voice from the throne say, saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his people. And God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning, crying, and pain will be no more. Heaven is God making a home with us. Heaven is a homecoming. God fully with God's people to such a degree that, that every tear that speaks of brokenness, every tear that speaks of a sense of estrangement from home, a sense that something's awry or not good, it will be wiped away for we are home. And death, death is the ultimate home wrecker, the one that takes our most cherished parts of home. Death is done. For God has taken all the worst of humanity, our sin and our death, and God has fully transformed it unto a holy city in which God dwells with God's people. I love how Eugene Peterson underscores this point in his commentary on the book of Revelation. He notes that a lot of different traditions envision heaven as as maybe something very tranquil or maybe a beautiful garden away from the noise and busyness, some kind of uh, retreat or escape. But in Revelation, heaven is formed out of dirty streets and murderous alleys, adulterous bedrooms and corrupt courthouses, hypocritical faith institutes and commercialized churches, thriving tax collectors and traitorous disciples. Heaven's formed out of a city but now a holy city. Heaven is a homecoming upon this earth and all of its brokenness, all of our brokenness. And here's the truly amazing thing. This is not simply a future hope for God's creation. The homecoming is actually already underway. The floats are already being built, each of them signaling that heaven is at hand. A homecoming is near. How does John chapter 1 verse 14 famously put it? We hear the reading, especially every Christmas time, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, lived among us, made a home among us. In Jesus, God has already come and made a home. And by the power of Jesus' spirit living among us today, God continues to make a home. In fact, wherever Jesus is at work in us and through us and around us, this is a glimpse of heaven renewing earth. That is a glimpse of the nearness of heaven. Which is how Jesus said it would be. Do you remember some of Jesus' first words when he began his ministry? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. A homecoming is at hand. God is in your midst making a home, healing, feeding, forgiving, transforming the darkness into light. And then, you know, I think it's no accident that at the heart of Jesus' prayer, that he taught us to pray, is this petition. Thy will be done on earth as it is in 
heaven. Not Jesus, take us from this broken, awful, messy earth, broken body, broken realities, mess, just get us out. But land your will, your goodness, your love, your justice, your compassion here, fully on earth as it is in heaven. Get heaven here is the prayer. Given how near Jesus says heaven is, given the fact that we're actually praying for it to land week by week, have you glimpsed heaven recently? Have you noticed any float building going on? Any signs that the Jesus is definitely at work and there is a homecoming, a God coming in our midst at hand? What do you point to? Last week, I was in the, the copier room here at um, the church, just down the hallway. I looked to my, my right, and the front part of this copier room is now of essentially like a food and clothing pantry because of your generous donations that have come in in recent weeks in light of the fact that uh, this church has been seeing a real increase in the number among us who are our homeless neighbors. It made me think of another picture of heaven that Scripture gives it's that moment in Matthew 25 where the sheep in this parable asked Jesus, when, when was it that we saw you before we died? And Jesus says, among other things, I was hungry and you gave me bread. I, I was hungry and you provided unto my body and my soul a glimpse of what home is all about. When, when I see a copy room that's now part copy room and, and part food pantry, I think to myself, float building. That's the spirit of Jesus at work. That's a church declaring with its heart and its actions that, that God is near, that a homecoming is at hand. Or, or I think about a time, uh, maybe three weeks ago, I wandered over to the youth group as they were meeting on Wednesday night, and they were actually circled up outside in the grass, right outside the playground that we have that's sort of across from the 600 degrees pizza. And uh, I sit down, they're, they're, they're in a big circle, and, and they're, they're having this discussion about how great it is so many folks enjoy using that playground, often while they're waiting to be seated at 600 degree pizza. And, and they were kind of talking about all the ways they might make that space all the more welcoming. Hospitable. Hebrews 13.2, don't neglect to show hospitality, for by doing this, some have welcomed angels without knowing it. And I'm sitting there, and they're, they're already going. Yeah, what if we move the entrance gate to the other side of the playground? You know, the 600-degree side, since, you know, that's where everyone is, is coming from anyway. What if we had a welcome sign over it? We could paint it. We could make it a project. We could do a thing. Should it also be in Spanish? Oh, man. What if we had one of those little free library exchanges? Maybe the community likes books. Maybe books would be... What if, what if, what if we had a, a community garden in here? What if we could... What if... And then someone chimed in. What if we built a moat around the playground? <laughs> and Kelly, I love... Uh, says, okay, you, you, think that would, you think that would be welcoming? And this youth... Maybe not, but it'd be pretty cool. <laughs> I loved it. What struck me is here is this group uh, of youth at, at the end of another day uh, of school and homework and sports and drama and band. 
And their energy is absolutely through the roof when given this opportunity to, to imagine what heaven on earth looks like in the very real texture of this particular corner, this particular congregation. What would practicing hospitality really look like? I see that energy, I see that creativity, and I think float building. That's the spirit of Jesus. That's a church whose heart is declaring God is near and a homecoming is at hand. Or, or just three days ago, I was meeting with a, uh, a few adult leaders here in the church discussing ideas about how this church best connects to and relates to and even learns from our, our youth and our young adults in the church and in the community. This is part of this initiative some of you know about through Fuller Seminary that we're doing. Well, we're, we're, we're talking about this particular concept of sitting on the curb with the younger generation. Something that really happens at Logos every Wednesday night among our, our many adults who come to sit on the curb next to our younger disciples, our younger folks. The idea is this. Instead of telling young people what, what we think they want to hear or what we think they really need to hear and need to know or, or, or judging young people from afar or dismissing them or, or just sort of overlooking them, not really knowing about them, or only valuing them insofar as they're showing obvious athletic or, or academic success or keeping the rules. Instead of any of that, sitting on the curb refers to coming alongside young people and listening. Loving them where they are, looking out right beside them and all that is before them and before us. It is living life together, alongside. And we talked, you know, wouldn't it be great if everyone in our community knew this was one of the things our church was really about, sitting on the curb alongside. That's just a way of being we are with one another. And one of the church members in this little cohort goes, we should paint the curbs on all fire sides of this church as colorful as we can. That would make it clear we're sitting on the curb church. And I don't know how these things go over necessarily, city ordinances and all the rest, but I love, I love that this member's thought was, how beautiful if it was as clear to our community as our literal curbs that we're a church known for sitting on the curbside, sitting alongside our youth, sitting alongside our longtime members, sitting with love alongside those we don't always understand or we often disagree with, sitting with love alongside those who are dying, sitting with love alongside the folks in our community who have homes and do not have homes, sitting in genuine relationship alongside. And when I hear an image like that colorful curb, and I think of the countless ways this church already lives into that and so provides a sense of belonging one to another, I think float building. That's a church whose heart is declaring God is near. A homecoming is at hand. Today we celebrate All Saints Day. We name before God and one another those who've gone to be in the full presence of God at some point in this last year and who will then one day be part of this fully made new earth in which God resides. And I think about how every Sunday 
perhaps many times in between, those folks prayed, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And what a joy it must be to know how that prayer continues to bear fruit in the life of this congregation in countless ways. A few I've mentioned, hundreds I have not. Because truly, wherever the Spirit of Jesus is alive and at work, amid the broken and pained realities of this earth, amid the broken and pained realities of our lives, there the kingdom of heaven is near. A homecoming is at hand. Have we seen the grace of Jesus dwelling near in recent days? Have we heard it or tasted it? Touched it, smelt it. Give thanks. Give thanks for that grace, for that glimpse. And then, and then likewise, where do our hearts this day ache most fully for it to be on earth as it is in heaven? What aspect of our lives, our reality, this world, this nation, this community, this church, where do we find a particular ache for it to be on earth as it is in heaven? heaven, perhaps the Holy Spirit is placing that burden there that we might offer our gifts, our time, or our prayers, or our lives, and, and, and press something of, 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 of life into that particular hole, that gap, that darkness. Not that we can suddenly make heaven appear, goodness, we're just one little piece, and not that we can even save the day even remotely, but we do believe... <clears throat> by the power of Jesus, who's faithfully making a home among us, that we can stand one next to another and work on these floats that are a sign, an imperfect sign, but a sign that a homecoming is near. Thanks be to God. Amen.